Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Yeah, I knew you'd hold me accountable if I didn't play that, so. <laughs> I just wanted to see if I you're have to be properly introduced. Yeah, you have to be properly introduced. All right, so, Dre- Trey. Which was it? First time out or second time out when you knew the game was over? <laughs> I think we agreed second time out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. First, it was only eight points at the first one. You really can't. Mine say was the first. There. Yeah. I yeah, you said first, I said second. We were yeah. me and Rick were going back with uh, back and forth. I had accidentally created a group thread with. Uh, Another Randy who had a R as a last name, <laughs> so he, was like, he chimed in too. Yeah, you don't want to hear what he had to say. Uh, yeah. But uh, we were talking about that. Who uh, who called it? Uh, I did. I did actually point out though that I said, you know, I don't mean toot my horn, and certainly not what I'm doing, but uh, that you know, Ole Miss was what 13th in the SEC in rebounding, and Arkansas would probably make them look great, and they certainly did that in the second half. They did that before the end of the first half. <clears throat> but you're being generous. By the way, I was sure. supposed to ask this question today. Are walk-in talks only after home games? Well, no. For football, I do them after every game. You know, some of the games I travel for, some of the games I stay back for. I've kind of, over the years, I've probably lessened the amount of games that road games that I go to uh, just because, you know, I in this day and age with zoom and everything and press conferences on zoom, I feel like I can do a lot more work, Yep. you know, versus traveling so much, but I still like to travel for games and yep. especially if it's places I haven't been a long time. So that's usually the ones that I go to, but no, I do walk and talks, um, you know, after every football game. And, uh, I don't know that I'm going to do them after every basketball game, like I did the other day, but I'll do them here and there when I'm, when I'm feeling it, I guess it's, 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 it's almost like they're more popular when things aren't going well because people view them as like therapeutic or something. So I'm sure people need them <laughs> after the basketball season. They need one last night then. Happen. Yeah, that would have been a late one. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I fear they're going to need one after this Kentucky game on Saturday. Yes, I too. agree. Yeah. I agree. Let's talk with Toby. Toby, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yes, I do. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, first of all, in reference to the Razorbacks, I think most of us can probably agree that the season is done and uh, must may as well wait until next year to get a whole new group of guys in. And let's not have this talk about getting rid of Musk. The man is a great coach. He's done a great job. He just missed with this group. So mm-hmm. he'll be back next year and he'll do a, a better job with a better group of guys. But the question also that I got for you, Trey, and anybody else who can answer it, I still do not understand the play called last week when Kansas City, the guy who was running the ball about a half yard from the end zone, he fumbled it, went through the end zone, they gave the ball to the other guy. Can anybody explain to me what is the logic behind that? Now hang up and listen. Yeah, so that is that is the rule. If he fumble it out of the back of the end zone, it goes over the other team. 
I have thought about this before. I think it is a dramatically harsh penalty <laughs> mm-hmm. for for a fumble. You know, you can you can lose a fumble and it go over to the other team. Obviously, it, it, but I, I can understand if it's recovered, but it feels. I mean, do you guys not feel like that is such a harsh penalty for you know a fumble that technically just goes out of yes. bounds and doesn't go to anybody? Absolutely. Well, it does go to somebody. It goes to the team that gets. It goes it to the other team, it. but nobody yeah, recovers right. it. Yeah, that's a tough didn't. penalty. Yeah, but yeah. It turned I feel out like it didn't matter, but yeah, it could. It sure could have. Yeah, yeah. If I Buffalo kicks the field like goal and it goes overtime, it definitely would have mattered. But it changed, at that time, it changed the outcome of the game only because had KC scored, they're up by ten. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what a difference that would have made? Would it have forced Buffalo to throw on every down, which pretty much they did, but. Uh, on the other hand, they, they did mix in the runs, whether they were called or not, from Josh Allen. So mm-hmm. uh, who knows how much the strategy would have changed if they went up 10 as compared to clinging to that three-point. Well, yeah, point. they might have thrown all the time, and Josh Allen never runs, and, and they never made another first down. That could yeah. happen, too. They might not score again. Yeah. So there's just a lot involved. But uh, nonetheless, and again, if Buffalo kicks a field goal, then you're in overtime. Probably. Well, not necessarily. There was still a minute 47 to go, so Kansas City yeah. could have scored. Yeah, Mahomes did it with 13 seconds a couple of years yeah, ago. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He you know, again. to the caller's point on Musselman, it, it, it is amazing to see some of the stuff from from some fans on, um, you know, maybe it's time for him to go and that kind of stuff. Like, I see, you know, and, and, you know, the word disaster for this season pops in my head too, but, like, I see stuff like, he can't coach. He can't develop players. It's time for a change. The honeymoon is over. I don't think you get a divorce after the honeymoon also, by the way. Mm. <laughs> so I think you probably might sit it out a little bit. Um, I even saw some stuff, you know, when he's, you know, he was asked about, uh, you know, the injured players um, after the game. And, you know, people take those comments and like, you want some wine with that cheese? I mean, what is he supposed to say? No comment? Like he's – He's asked the question about it, but I'll point this out about Musselman, and he's having a bad year, and, you know, this this team isn't gelled, and I would agree, you know, it feel, definitely feels like there's no coming back from where they are right now, um, you know, even though they were similar record last year after six games, um, it, it has felt different the whole time, but the last time Arkansas won 28 games before Eric Musselman was 95-96. The last time they won more than 50 games in back-to-back years was 94-95 and 95-96. The last time they finished ranked in the top 25 in back-to-back seasons was 97-98 and 98-99. The last time they went to the NCAA tournament in three consecutive seasons was 05-06 through 07-08. The last time they advanced to the Sweet 16 in three consecutive seasons or more was 92-93. And then all the way through 95-96, they did it four times with Nolan. No other Arkansas coach has done that. Um, and the last time uh, they made it to back-to-back elite eights was 93-94, 94-95. Um, that doesn't just happen because you're lucky. You know, that's a proven track record that the guys put together at Arkansas. I've defended him before uh, on what he is as a coach, in my opinion. And he's having a, a stinker of a year. And it happens sometimes. Coach K had some stinker years, yeah. you know, and including the one before he uh, his last year. Uh, it happens. And so it's unfortunate. It stinks. Nobody likes it. I, I dislike it as much as everybody else. Um, but some of the stuff I hear about Musselman, like, I mean, I th- I, and I hate to put it all on the players, but 
you know, and it is the team he assembled. Uh, but guys, come on now. Let's. The odds are, if Musselman isn't the coach here, you know, there's a stronger likelihood you're going to get somebody worse. Exactly. Yeah, I, you can't get on the coach on a year like this. As I've said before, Frank Broyles would have never survived social media. You know, because yeah. you, you think about it, in the decade of the 60s, they won more than everybody in college football except Alabama and Texas won like two or three more than Arkansas did. But in 1963, they went 5-5 five and five when they were picked to win the conference. And in 1967, after winning the conference two of the last three years and going 8-2 and two in 66, they went 4-5-1. and one. Under today's standards, they'd have been all over him for that. In 68, they won 10 games, and in 69, they won nine. They were ranked number two for a while. You, know, you just, Musselman, you pointed it out, Trey, in his, the last three years, he's won more than all the other coaches between he and Nolan combined in the NCAA tournament. Isn't that what you hope to do? Yeah. Yeah, and they're not they're not going to make the tournament this year. I mean, I think no, we all see not. the writing on no. the wall here. May may not make the NIT, but uh, it is uh you know it's a year. He's you know if this was following up you know a year like that before and then a mediocre year before that, okay, I can understand that. But uh, you know when the guy has put in and put it you know produced results, then uh, you know I think that there's there's reason to allow some grace and uh, understand that, yeah, this nobody nobody likes this right now. Nobody's happy. But, um, you know, to talk about getting rid of Musselman, I think, is just way over the top. Is I do think that, you know. That? You, you have to be an idiot well, I mean, to think that way well, because of this there, year. There are fans that talk like that. You know, people are frustrated. It's, it's right after Attention a game. It's idiots. emotional. Attention it's all emotional. Idiots. <laughs> Forget it. But uh, yeah, there's there's certainly some talk amongst some fans like that. I think most, you know, people who understand, you know, sports and collegiate sports and watch and, you know, who are probably watching Razorback basketball before Musselman got them interested in the first place probably um, probably understand, you know, what's going on. I do think that you're going to see a pretty big roster overhaul. Now we've seen it the whole pretty time big? that he's, he's <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Bigger than, That'd be all bigger than we've ever seen. <laughs> so, yeah, it could be like, we've you know. We've seen 11. If you're saying bigger than yeah. ever, we've seen 11. I know. Could I was about to say, like, that? I mean, he's pretty well known for doing that. But I, I wouldn't surprise me to see that matched, you know, 11, 10, mm. yeah, something like I that. Could, yeah, I think so, too. You know, you got a couple of high school recruits coming in, obviously, or who would yeah. be part of that. Uh, yeah. You hope. You think yeah. that, like. But, you know, the hard thing is it's just like the end of football season. You know, it, it, it was the last month was brutal, and um, yeah. especially those last two conference games. So even while the season is going on, when you're already looking forward to next year, while this year is still going, that's, that's tough. And particularly basketball has 12 games in the SEC tournament to go. That's mm-hmm. a long time to already be thinking about next year. You know, even with football, though, like – it was like the last quarter of the season was, you know, pretty rough. Uh, but before that, you know, the defense was playing pretty well, there were times, giving you sure. a chance. Yeah. It wasn't like they were just getting stomped. You know, they were losing a lot of one possession. I mean, they went to Alabama and lost by, yeah, you know, points. one score. You know, yeah. Ole Miss, one score. Uh, yeah. LSU, one score. I mean, there was, you know, even the BYU game at home was one score. Uh, but at, 
you know, Texas A&M was really the only team for a good stretch that I'd say, you know what, they, they beat them pretty soundly, you know, and maybe a little more than what the scoreboard indicated. Um, and, you know, obviously the offensive line was a problem with the, with, the, with, the, with the football team all last year. But it wasn't until that last quarter of the season where you started going, okay, they, they definitely look like they've let go of the rope. You know, the Auburn game obviously was – um, you know, a big one there. So, um, but that's, you know, that's, for the most part of the season, it was still like, man, this team stinks. <laughs> you know, they're losing, but they might be able to get the next team. You know, there was still that kind of feeling, even though you knew that they had a lot of problems. Let's talk with Mitch. Mitch, good afternoon. You got a question or comment from Trey. I do kind of beat a dead horse here, but the whole NIL thing when it comes to the basketball team, um, you know, I guess we're in our third year, and the first year kind of new. Second year, you had a lot of one and done. This year, you know, you're it, it's kind of the NIL has settled in, and it it seems to me like it's really going to be dependent on the character of the kids now, and and it may change recruiting. And not saying these kids don't have character, but you know, not just playing for the money. And how much Trey? How much do you think that plays into the whole situation? I think it plays into it. Thank you, Mitch. I absolutely think it plays into it. And uh, I also think that there are plenty of examples out there, like you said, of schools that bring in a lot of transfers that, um, you know, are doing fine. Uh, You know, and Arkansas has brought in transfers before and and has done fine. And, you know, guys that made a lot of money. Um, But, yeah, I, I think I don't know. I mean, I could go down a whole tangent here of, of NIL and what needs to change and stuff, but, um, you know, I, I think that that plays a role in it. I also think that, you know, um, I don't think Tremont Mark is um, is healthy, you know. I mean, obviously he, he has, you know, knee soreness. Um, you know, if he has knee soreness, then that just kind of also tells Brazil me Brazil? Oh, sorry. Um, excuse me, not okay. Mark. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Trevin Brazil. Um, but it, it also, you know, it kind of tells me that, you know, he's probably been dealing with it. He seems tentative. You know, he's been hanging out with a three, uh, you know, on the three-point line. He hasn't been the guy that we saw at times last year that were so explosive and, uh, you know, more aggressive before his injury. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there are, you know, that, that could be holding him back a little bit. But I also think that there are attitude issues on this team. And, um, you know, overall just not – just not gelling, just not coming together. Uh, for whatever reason, it, it happens, but it's just this just isn't this just isn't a group that's working out, and uh, I don't think that's coming any, around the corner. I don't think it's like uh, you know they just need a little more time together. I, I just think it's you know it's it's unfortunate, and it's just kind of where we are. Trey, this uh, is only I guess you can say applicable, maybe to the returning Arkansas players especially the ones that we're so familiar with. Uh, I'll use Devo Davis, uh, Mitchell. Uh, I don't know about Graham, but my point is, or, or question would be, living up to their po- living up to yeah. their potential, because I don't I don't see Devo Davis playing only six minutes, and I realize that was a message being sent by Musselman last night to Devo Davis. You got to play hard. Every second that you're out there, uh, he didn't play hard every second last night. At least it didn't appear that way. But I think if he more than 3.5 per game average, and I think of, of Mitchell more than 
you know, 1.5 points per game and a block here and this, that, and the other. It seems like so many of these these players have not lived up to what is perceived to be their potential. Well, yeah, I mean, or just lived up to what we saw last year from Yeah, them. yeah, know, it exactly. It doesn't feel Even like is good. Yeah. It doesn't feel like Debo's is good. It doesn't feel like Mitchell is as good. It doesn't feel like Trevin Brazil is as good. I mean – <laughs> why yeah yeah and why? why why is that and and how it's it's wild to think too that like you you didn't have Jermon mark you didn't have you know battle got banged up in, in the second half he came back uh, but he got banged up in the second half uh, but you didn't have mark and you still were able to have a coach's choice that debo didn't play in the second half mm-hmm. i mean that says a lot right there and i mean you had what ten players play twelve minutes or more? Is that right? Something like that. And Debo had, I think Debo had eight. Harris thirteen, Lawson five, Battle twenty-seven, Minifield twenty-four, uh, Brazil twelve, Ellis twenty-three, Pinion twenty-one, Davenport Davenport fifteen, Graham twelve, Blocker seventeen, Bayfall. Six. Okay, so nine players that played at least 12 minutes. Um, yeah, that's a lot for Musselman. Even yeah. even in, in this age when he's playing different players and trying to different experiments, it has still, for the most part, been like seven guys that are seeing double figures uh, in minutes. And, and, you know, you got guys that are getting five or six or whatever or three, and it almost seems like at times where he's like, uh, what did Harris have last night? Randy, you got it. Harris said uh, 13 minutes, 8 seconds. He was one of one from the floor, one mm-hmm. rebound, and one block shot. Yeah. I mean, we have barely seen him all year. and uh, You know, I think he played maybe the last game too. But, uh, you know, it's just they can't seem to – and, you know, he'll start a guy and then, you know, take him as like he almost decides, you know, okay. You know, you're not giving it, so you're you're not going to play the rest of the game. We've seen that happen at times, too. I I can't imagine the level of frustration with a guy that's used to having success and used to, you know, having teams get better, which they almost always have done under him, um, to be dealing with this right now. It's got to be maddening for Musselman. And um, you know, I'm probably – I'm I guarantee you he's not sleeping right now. I guarantee you he's closing his eyes and it's just – you know, things flashing in front of his eyes with different ideas. And, um, you know, and we know he gets up early anyway. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of sleepless nights for him. Yeah, that pool house probably doesn't feel good either. Uh, this from our Gangster Museum of America Life in Feedback Woodstock says, Trey, do you think the football team's coaching staff is set? Are there any coaches that could be on the move away from Fayetteville? There's been some talk about South Carolina possibly showing interest in Scott Fountain. And to be honest, I haven't looked at the latest on that today, but I did reach out some sources yesterday um, out in South Carolina, and you know they said it wouldn't surprise them if the, if they had maybe talked, but kind of thinks that South Carolina might opt to go for uh, adding another defensive coach. Hmm. Wow, that'd be the third coach that they would poach. It's like it's like every time there's an opening at South Carolina, yeah. it's uh, well, <laughs> Jimmy Smith Arkansas. or Scott yeah. Fountain or Dow yeah. Loggins or mm. uh, John Scott Jr. was another one that went over there. Justin Stepp, you know. Um, 
Jamil Walker. <laughs> so uh, it, it seems to uh, it's it's weird how that dynamic has kind of have formed. And then of course you you know you have Rocket Sanders there this year, and then Trey Knox went there last year. It's uh, definitely kind of bizarre because it, it doesn't seem to be being reciprocated the other way. Just, yeah, and it's not even a border state where you're talking about you know. something happening next door. Boss Hog says uh, end zone fumble. It goes to the opposing team because the ball is fumbled out of the opposing team's end zone. No, Boss Hog, that's just the rule. Um, and it does happen to go out in the opposing team's end zone. I do know there was, there has been, it has revived the talk just like it was uh, when whoever had the ball first in the NFL, first overtime, uh, whoever scored first won. Well, of course, they've now changed that unless it's a touchdown. Uh, at least the opposing team could match, in this case, a yeah. field goal. That was also a harsh way to decide the outcome of the yeah. game. You yeah. battled all game and you, you didn't even get a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing that that's part of possibly uh, seeing if they can't modify that. Maybe the ball, if it's fumbled out of the end zone, comes out to the one-yard line, something like that, uh, or at least the point where the ball was fumbled. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That's Trey Biddy of hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. Stay tuned.